Welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast, where you will learn everything you need to know about running a successful sunless tanning business. We will interview some of the industry's top business owners to find out how they took a passion and turned it into a prosperous business. And here's your host, Grant Conscious. Hey, Happy Tanners. Thank you so much for joining us on episode 29 of the Happy Tans podcast. On today's episode, we have Christina Kaufman from Blush Tan. She's one of the most highly recommended people that I've heard, you know, throughout all the interviews that I've done. So it was great to finally get to meet her and connect with her. What an awesome person, a great job she's doing with her brand and with the whole setup that she has. It is quite unique, but it's very interesting to hear about her and everything that she's done. Make sure to listen to the interview and listen to the uh, attention to detail that she pays to everything with her processes and services and everything that she does to help actually scale and to grow her business. Obviously, it depends on the setup that you have and what you want to do with your business, but she definitely gives a lot of good insight into what she's done to really grow her business and her brand over the last seven or eight years. So thank you, Christina, for joining us on the episode. As always, the Happy Tens podcast is Sponsored by the Happy Tans website builder. Feel free to check us out at www.happytans.com forward slash website to learn more. It is the first and only website builder that's dedicated specifically for the sunless tanning industry. You can have your website up and running in a matter of hours, if even that much time. The websites are basically done for you. All you need to do is go in and change a little bit of information and it's ready to go. Again, check us out at www.happytans.com forward slash website to learn more. If you have any questions, as always, feel free to reach out to me. My email address is grant at happytans.com. I am more than happy to help you. Thanks and happy tanning. Hello and welcome to the Happy Tans podcast. On today's episode, we have Christina Kaufman from Blush Tan. How are you doing today, Christina? I am good, Grant. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to share some information with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, of course. And a little precursor here to say that Christina and I both have a little bit of a head cold. So if if we sound funny, (laughs) our apologies in advance. But uh, Christina, I wanted to open the floor for you for a minute to kind of introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and and your business and how you got started. Yeah, sure. So I am based out of Boston, Mass. I own a company called Blush Tan. And I have two studios in Massachusetts, one in Wellesley and one in Westrow that I still own. And then I also manage our licensing program. So we basically share our branding, all of our concepts and our products with other business owners all over the country. And um, we currently support exclusive studios. They're similar to franchises in that they're locally owned and operated and they're co-branded. But it is more of a licensing agreement. So they're able to have more control over, you know, how their studios look and what products they sell and things like that. So it's, you know, leaves it a little more open for them to put their personal touch on it. And I, I did own a studio in California and I just sold it, which was a really big move for me. And it's still a blush tan, which is nice. Um, but it is now locally owned. Oh, cool. So you're similar to franchise, but a little bit more freedom for the, the person that owns it. Exactly. And less of a startup cost as well, which oh, is nice. Yeah, that helps. Us. That helps too, for sure. <laughs> For sure. So you are essentially like their uh, marketing arm, mentor. I mean, how does that work for you? Yeah, so we help them. It depends. We have different 
uh, levels of our licensing program. The exclusive level would be the one right below what we call our flagship studios, which are the ones that are owned, basically corporate owned or owned by me. Um, the exclusive studios are co-branded. So we help them with everything. Um, they're allowed to use our brand. They have to use exclusively our products. Um, and then we help them with like marketing, setting up their studio, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's not a franchise, so they can pick out their own furniture and things like that if they want. But if they want us to, you know, tell them what to do, then we will do that too. So some people love love to do it all themselves. Some people don't. So it's kind of nice that they have the option. Um, and then we have a concept studio um, program as well, which they can choose. You know, they usually have existing brands in an area that are already well known. Uh, so they operate under a different brand, but they still develop our concepts. So they come out and they still get training with us. They use our technique and they receive our support and operating guides and all those types of things um, to kind of help them save them a little bit of time as they're trying to structure and grow their business. Oh, awesome. So for somebody, um, you know, it sounds like it definitely helps people a lot to, to kind of get going there. Um, and is that, does that operate? I'm just interested as I operate in like a trust thing with people not using any other products. Cause I, I just wonder, cause I see so many people that use so many different products. It's just interesting to, to get people just to use one. That's, that's great though. Right. I mean, we have a, do have a contract obviously, oh. um, want to operate under our trademark, then, they have that option, you know, to not do that if they don't want to. But if they do want to, then they do need to commit to using our product exclusively. But um, I think the major benefit to doing that, I know some people like to use different different ones, but ours is not like a one-size-fits-all product. So they still have all of, you know, the different color bases and levels within those bases so they can meet, you know, natural results for all skin tones. Mm-hmm. And it also makes it a lot easier like the whole point is to simplify it for when they're training people and they want to grow their business and giving them just one product line where, you know, we tell them, ask these few questions and then it determines which one to choose from our line. It, it does help to kind of like streamline the whole process sure. and make it easier to train people. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I'm a huge, huge proponent for people finding a product or, you know, at least, you know two maybe and sticking with it and not wasting their time trying to find the next best thing. So, right, yeah. exactly. Definitely, definitely. So how, when did you say you first started? Oh, so we, I opened my first studio uh, in December of 2010 and that was in Wellesley. It was, I only would work at nights. My husband had a day job and we had two little boys. Actually, my youngest was born in October and I signed that lease like three weeks after he was born, like a crazy person. Wow. But, um, I remember telling everybody at Thanksgiving um, that I was doing this and they were all looking at me like I was like basically a nut, but um, it worked out. Now they're proud. But I, <laughs> um, I signed this lease in like this really, really small building and you know, it wasn't pretty by any means, but it was in a really good town. And my goal was to, you know, start out there and be able to move into a nicer space within that town, mm-hmm. uh, which we have done since. And uh, I only, like I said, worked at night and then ended up hiring help for the daytime because I had to be home with my kids. Yeah, so you perfected the model and then just kind of shared it from there. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So obviously, as, as you know, as you very well know, being an entrepreneur, there's, there's tons of uh, obstacles and roadblocks and everything that comes in our way. There's good moments and bad moments, and I like to touch on both sides of that, the worst and the best moments so far in your business, because I like for people to see 
how how much it varies and you know how you overcome those obstacles and things like that. So if you want to share, you know, the worst moment that you've had so far in your business and in turn sh- share the best, uh, you know, to kind of offset that, that'd be great. Okay. So um the worst moment ever, I would say I always go back to the very beginning. Obviously, I was still trying to figure things out, still kind of afraid of letting go of control. Um I didn't really have the whole Know, leader or boss thing figured out, but I hired my first employee about six months in, and you know I was learning how to kind of like delegate tasks and and lead her, uh, and I would make mistakes often and run into issues that I didn't know how to solve, and it was lonely. You know, I was a new entrepreneur, I didn't know much about the industry, and I didn't really have a mentor to go to, so I would constantly be asking this employee questions and for her, you know, feedback on stuff if she thought it was good or not. And I think we kind of lost that um, employee boss relationship a little bit. And she became a little bit disrespectful towards me and then unreliable. And, you know, I did finally grow a backbone and let her go. Mm. And she told me the day that I let her go that I was a joke. My business was a joke and that I would never see success and like hung up the phone on me and literally word for word. Like I've never forgot it. Um, that was pretty bad. So I obviously let it get to me. I was, it was early on. Um, I'm human. So, you know, it, good thing I'm stubborn because it ended up backfiring because it made me just want to succeed even more so I could prove her wrong. But, um, you know, that was not fun to hear in the beginning and it kind of for a minute there really like brought me down. But I think, you know, we're going to have a lot of haters, you know, no matter what we're doing. And, I've definitely made progress in, you know, how I deal with that now. I don't really let it get to me. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's – we all face things like that, and I'm sure that somebody's had – you know, I see people all the time that, like, post advertisements or something, and people are talking crap in the comments saying, what is this, right. and, the, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, the, the, you know, people that have time to waste doing that, it's just like whatever, you know, let it – let it slip off your back as easy as as easy as you can. Obviously, it's easier said than done, but just yeah. you know, people are always going to be like that. And if you know, it's not always bad to have quote unquote haters, so to speak. So. Yeah, it's motivating a little. Bit. It, is. it is completely. If you look at a lot of people that are successful, they've always had some something that motivates them, you know, internally. And whether it's people that don't believe in them or whatever it may be, it's there's something there. Right. Yeah, definitely. So that that was obviously tough, and to that. You know, first employee you had, she can she can look now and see. You know, wonder. I'm like, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening to this, <laughs> seven years later, I'm still here. So, right. Yeah, but that that's that's cool story to hear. Um, you know, unfortunately that situation happened, but you know, if that hadn't have happened, you never know what would have would have would have come from that. So it's always it always kind of makes you who or makes the business or makes you who you are. So, yeah, it taught good. me a lot about about you know, the next person I brought on my team, you know, I still obviously maintain so much respect for girls that work for me, but there is a level, you know, of respect that they have for me as well for the, as their boss. And I'm not, you know, I'm friendly with them and we have so much fun together, but, you know, we're not just friends. Like they, they, I definitely, if there's a time when we need to kind of get back on track, I'm not afraid to say it where as before I was. And I think that's why, you know, with her, it got, off track a little bit yeah yeah it's it's hard to keep that 
friendship out of the business, um, especially when you work with people a lot and depending on, you know, the, the relationship you have, it's really challenging, but it's important to, to know that. And, and I always tell people, you know, I had a, a boss early on and we're, we're actually best. Um, he's one of my best friends. Uh, and we always were friends, but he had no problem putting me in my place in the business setting when it <laughs> needed to be. And I always respected that cause I'm like, I can't right. do it. Cause I, I also managed people below me and they were my friends and I just, I struggled with sitting people down and saying, Hey, you got to fix this, but he would have no problem. And he would just, he was good at it. So it's, it's something you learn for sure. Yeah, definitely. As long as you're respectful, I think that it's fine. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So on the flip side of that, let, let's instead of talking about the worst moment, let's talk about the best <laughs> moment so far in your business. So, okay, the best moment ever was pretty recent. I had this girl working for me, and back to you know a little bit about our licensing program, I also offer this to the girls that work for me. Um, if they want to open their own blush, basically, I you know, and their mentor, I help them. I don't charge them our initial licensing fee. So, you know, in this industry, I think that was like the biggest thing in the beginning was having people come and work for me. And then there were really hidden intentions and they wanted to kind of go and do this on their own and kind of learn from me and then sneak out and, and, and do it almost like behind my back. And I, I hated that because I am an open book and I always do share my knowledge and I, I love, you know, to help people and, and make sure that, you know, if, if they're trying to do something, I, you know, genuinely like want them to succeed. I mean, why wouldn't you? So I wanted to be able to help them, but, you know, maybe they didn't want to tell me because they were afraid, you know, that I'd be angry or, you know, that whole awkwardness in this whole industry. I think a lot of people deal with that. But um, with this program, I now tell them, hey, if you want to open on your own, we just we have certain territories that you know, we will allow them to go in. So we're not worried about them opening up like across the street, yeah. but they get to use our product line. They get to use our brand that is more well known in this area. And it really helps them like have a leg up on competitors from day one. And I, I offered this to them, but then, you know, they're getting a steady paycheck and they're comfortable. And so, you know, no one did it at first. Um, but then this past summer, the girl who was kind of like my right hand finally was like, okay, I want to do this. And she was nervous, but I, you know, gave her some pep talks. And I, I, I mean, I knew she had it in the bag. She's such a hard worker. She like takes this very seriously and she's a hustler, which I feel like that's what all entrepreneurs are. Right. Yeah. So she ended up signing a lease um, to open her own space. And like the day that she called me and told me that she had finally like, She's like, I find it, you know, and it, oh my God, I was like crying <laughs> like a, like an idiot because I was just so proud. It was like, like mother bird and my first baby <laughs> bird flew out of the net. Like, I'm so proud of her. This is like something she has said for the longest time. And it's really awesome to like know that she is where she wants to be. She loves going to work every day. It's like her own little piece of the pie and it was what she had always dreamed of and the fact that I was able to help her with it was just like it was such a high like to be like oh my god like I can't believe mm. that I you know gave her this opportunity yeah no, it's, that is a great feeling and there's that I wouldn't say you were an idiot for crying I think that's good <laughs> that you shows how much you care about it and she she obviously cares and, and is uh, very thankful for everything you've done for her but that has to be a good feeling and I could see why that would definitely be the best moment so far uh, in your business. Obviously, you, you have a, a ton more on the way, but that's that's definitely one you'll probably remember forever. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, all of the other licensees, I love, you know, helping them and everything. But this one was just a lot more close to home. She was my first employee to really, you know, go out on her own. And she's seeing success, which is awesome. And now, in turn, she's motivating other employees to, you know, maybe take the plunge. So, yeah, it's really nice when you know somebody and you I, I worked with her every day you know she actually she came to Vegas for ASCP last year and that was super motivating for her yeah. to see all that as well and um yeah I'm just really proud of her so yeah, that was awesome. that's cool yeah great feeling I'm sure uh it's it's cool to hear that I, I hope she, I obviously wish her the best and I'm sure that she's she's doing well uh in her own venture now so that's cool um yeah. for sure and for you how do how does that work with um more or less curious about the different setups you have it just made me think of a question as far as like reputation with people i mean do you kind of go off a personal feel on is do you have to approve people i guess i mean is it like a personal do you interview them how do you know if the right fit for you you know because not everybody's going to have the same attitude or work ethic and you might not want that to be your brand so definitely so i am now i i always say this to everybody trust your gut and i for a while was not very good at doing that. Um, and so I definitely, you know, we talk on the phone and I look into their brand. I make sure that they kind of have the same things that they value as far as customer service goes and ingredients and things like that um, to make sure that they align with what we already have going on. And usually within the first few minutes of a conversation with someone, you can tell whether they feel genuine or it's going to be a good fit. So I definitely, you know, to have our little screening process that we go through before we even move forward with offering somebody, you know, to partner with us. Sure. And I'm sure there's protection for you and on both sides of that to say, Hey, this isn't working, you know, six months down the road. So yeah, you can, yeah, very good. Very good. Well, you always have to protect yourself and you know, people, people might not understand, but you know, if, if it's your brand that's getting represented, you need to make sure that the people are, are, sticking to that same kind of guideline and have the same mindset and, and customer service, obviously all that, all that comes into play. So of course, most definitely. So do you remember back in 2010, how you got your first paying customer? Oh my, I had a lot of non-paying customers before I had a paying customer. That's for sure. Um, I'm pretty sure my first paying customer found out about me just from Google. Um, I have a marketing degree, so I feel like I put it to good use in the beginning and I taught myself how to use, you know, Google analytics and AdWords. And I made sure that we had a pretty good online presence. I just kind of thought to myself, you know, what, what would I do if I was looking for a place to get a spray tan? I'd Google it. So I better come up on Google if I want people to come in. So that's what I did and it worked. Um, but yeah, I definitely trade a lot of people for free in the beginning just because I feel like there's this whole, you know, dark cloud over our industry, which I'm sure I'm not the first person to bring this up, but how everyone's like, oh, spray tanning, you know, it's orange, it's fake looking and all that kind of stuff. And everyone's promising that it's not. So my mindset was, okay, I want to just prove as many people wrong as I can. And I think that really helped in the beginning offering those free services to, it was for first time clients and they'd come in and they would just, the second, you know, they, it would be done and they'd look at their tan line in the mirror. They were in awe of how natural it looked. And, you know, the process was different. The place was clean. Um, and it wasn't what they were used to. It wasn't your typical tanning salon. So I feel like that, 
um, really helped in the beginning get me a lot of referrals. Yeah, definitely. So that, there are a couple of good things you said there. Obviously, the free tans, I feel like everybody has to do that at first, especially if people are questioning it. You know, bring them in, show them how it looks, even if it's whatever, half body tan, whatever you want to do. If you're, you don't want to give off full tan for free, but it's completely worth it. Um, right. You know, in exchange, hopefully they can, they'll come back to you, refer people, et cetera. And then also the, the, obviously the website thing and being found on Google, you know, we have the, the website builder through happy tans, which is one reason I started that was the importance of that. I've obviously seen that in similar backgrounds. So it's, it's, you know, one of those things. And the first question I'll ask when somebody says they need help with their marketing is, you know, do you have a website? And they'll say no. And I'm saying, well, if you were looking for the service, just like you said, where would you go? And everybody says Google, Facebook, et cetera. So it's like, okay. And if you're not there, how is somebody supposed to find you? So it's, it still baffles me that people overlook that aspect. And I wrote a blog post recently about that because I had uh, somebody I helped from the from when they started. And they said over the first two years, they've first year of their business, 62% of their business came from the website. The second year, 80% of their business came from their website. Uh, wow. So, you know, if, if they didn't have that, they, they said, you know, my business wouldn't exist. So it's like, okay, this is important, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So. I didn't, yeah. In the beginning, it was, that wasn't even a question. We, you know, had that up before we even opened. But I think, you know, if it's not something that's familiar to people, then it's hard in the beginning. Sure. Yeah, it is. And we've, you know, I've, we've tried to remove that barrier. The websites are basically set up. You go in and change some content and, or whatever and branding and do what you want with it. Um, it's evolved a lot to, to be more simplistic, uh, but also it allows people the opportunity to do whatever they want with it if they want. Some people have ran with it, and it doesn't even look similar anymore. Some people have kept it very similar, but nevertheless, there's an online presence there. So that's awesome. what's helpful. Yeah, that's what's helpful. So for – and I, I don't remember you saying, did you start – in the physical location? I did. Okay. So, yeah, my, um, in the beginning, you know, I definitely looked into mobile. I feel like that's, you know, just the natural progression of, of this when everyone learns about it. It's like, oh, you know, I could do this at people's homes and, you know, keep my overhead down. Um, and then it's this luxurious, you know, I'm coming to you situation. However, when I actually sat down, you know, to look at the numbers of what that would do for me, considering the fact that I was only able to work between like 6 p.m. and 10 p.m., which is the latest I thought people would be booking straight tans at night. Uh -huh. um, you know, that's really maybe one tan an hour when you factor in traffic. So for me, that just wasn't, you know, feasible in the beginning. I wanted to be able to have my clients come to me so we could, you know, have the ability to do as many tans as possible when I was able to be there. So I did get a space from the get-go. It was not a storefront. It was in an office building that was probably the last updated in, you know, like the 50s or 60s. It was not nice. Um, but I made, you know, people would come up the stairs and the second they opened my door, it was like they weren't even in the building. We did nice, like I put in the floors myself with me and my husband and we painted the walls and I used, um, you know, curtains to separate where they would sit. It was not super fancy, but it worked and I was able to stay put and, you know, take clients every 20 minutes, which allowed me to do three an hour versus one, um, which helped me meet my goal to be able to get into a bigger space sooner. I was only there, I think, for um, about two years or a year before we moved. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I mean, that's that's quick jump. A lot of people, obviously, like you said, the natural progression is mobile, build up some clients and then open a location. But a few people have just jumped into it. Obviously, you're kind of taking on a lot more uh, overhead and things like that. So, but it might be necessary depending on your situation. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, if I could have done it all day, that would have been different, but yeah. I literally had like a three month old, <laughs> one year old. So that was gonna happen. Yeah, that was definitely not gonna work. Definitely not. So for you, how has uh, I'm sure you've had a lot of changes in the business, but how how has everything changed for you um, over the you know from a daily, weekly, and monthly basis as far as what you did? Obviously, when you just started, you were doing the tanning and service and everything, and now it's like you kind of oversee stuff. I'm sure instead. Yeah. So I think it's like creating structure is huge. And, you know, even now there's still more that we could do to delegate, you know, to other people on the team and grow the team. So that way I'm focusing on where I'm really needed. Uh, I think in the beginning you get caught up a lot in, you know, the day to day. And obviously I was like booking all the appointments and tanning all the clients. And from the beginning, I, you know, I didn't want this to be a side gig. I wanted, this was going to be my career. I went to school and I ended up working in a, 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 what I call a legitimate job. I feel like I have a legit job now, but <laughs> a lot of um, my friends wouldn't have said that in the beginning, but I, and I hated it. So I, I stayed home with my kids. And then once I found this opportunity, it was like, okay, I got to make this, you know, something. So I, I was trying to write everything down in the very beginning um, as far as like technique to, you know, opening duties, closing duties. It was very simple in the beginning and now we have, you know, very lengthy operating guides and in, in a lot of um, step-by-step instructions on what to do um, for, like, every aspect of the business. And I think, you know, the more of those that I add, the more structure this structure this gets and the more it allows me to, to really focus on, you know, like, new product development, beefing up those operating guides, leading my team versus just, you know, yep. being the boss. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. so I my focus has shifted to more of the bigger picture. Yeah. So yeah, it's that whole working in the business instead of on the business thing. And a great yeah. book by Michael Gerber, the E-Myth, uh, about, you know, kind of talks about that. And people don't, uh, if you look at like McDonald's or something, that's a franchise, a similar model, obviously completely different industry, but they made it. So like their whole point was like, we want to be able to duplicate this hamburger or whatever, every single location in any country in the world. And why do they do that? Their processes and everything are so, you know, so specific, like literally turn the bun this way, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it, people might laugh at the thinking about setting that up. But anybody that owns a location has other people working for them. If you don't give them the, the guidelines and tell them that this is how you do it, there's another way to do it, then they're not going to do it the same way. So that obviously yeah. you've you've seen that. And I'm sure, you, like you said, how it's changed over the past few years is probably significant. And the amount of detail and information that you provide those, your, you know, employees and people that work with you. Yeah. It, I think in the beginning, like, especially with that first person I hired or even the first few people, um, you know, a lot of things that I felt were common sense at that point, once you started training someone, you realize, okay, this isn't common sense. Like I'm talking about tines on the gun or something like that. And, you know, I'm saying that and they're like, wait, what? I don't even know what that is. So <laughs> I definitely had to take a step back. And like, I think that's funny what you said, like how people will laugh at some of the steps because that's how ours are. Like sometimes we literally say like, turn all the lights on, turn the music. Like, it's like down to the most simplest thing. But I mean, I don't think that you can be too, give too much information, you know, as, as long as you're not missing something. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's, you know, 
that if you look at any successful business that's at scale that's larger than a single location or single employee it's and they're successful you look at their processes and i guarantee you they are lengthy and very detailed yes definitely definitely, definitely. so if you had to look at or pinpoint one thing that you've done over the years to help grow the business um, you know, whether it's your, the marketing, your website, uh, social media presence, whatever it may be, um, what would you say is the one thing that you would, would say is the most, uh, has helped your business grow the most? Um, I get a lot of compliments on my branding, so I do feel like that has helped, but personally, I feel that it's more my ability to grow my team. So it's, I mean, it's all great to have a pretty Instagram and stuff, but in reality, that's not where a lot of our revenue is coming from. Um, I, I know a lot of people in this industry, they, and I, you know, I totally think that's great if they are extremely artistic and I know like with contouring, all that kind of stuff, like that takes, you know, some real ability, but I, my goal was to, like you said before, make something easy to duplicate. So I really simplified our training process, our technique, you know, you, it takes minimal artistic ability, yet it still gives an amazing tan. Um, and I've really, like with our product line, been able to, like I said before, create a, a way where, you know, you're asking a few questions and there's like a chart that tells you, you know, this is the, the product you should use on on them. Um, so it's, you know, it's really simplified everything and allowed me to grow because it's easier for me to, to train. I mean, if I'm sitting there and I'm trying to make this, this very complicated, not consistent, um, artistic form, then I think my, you know, employee pool or the people I'm, I'm able to choose from is going to be, you know, very, very small. You know, I'm looking for someone who has that ability and who has experience in the beauty industry and all that kind of stuff. Well, a lot of my girls are, they are not like that. Like they come, you know, some of them are even high school students. They've worked for, for me all throughout high school, college, and now they have regular jobs and they still help out like maybe one night a week or something like that. So I'm able to really take people from all aspects of different industries and bring them in and teach them simply and keep them. I think also too, like they, I compensate them well. And I, I, I like to say that I treat them well. They stay for a long time. So I think they like working here, I would say. Um, but you know, my boss, is basically the clients, yep. right? So they are dealing with the clients. They have to keep them happy. So I have to keep my employees happy. So I make sure that they're compensated well, that they feel respected. And, you know, we're always, you know, asking them for ideas. And it's not like they just come in and it's, you know, they're supposed to do their job and leave. Like they, I try to make it so they feel like they are a part of something. Um, they're, I mean, they're always so supportive too. They're, I get like legit emotional because they're always, you know, telling, like, I appreciate them so much. They're always telling me how proud they are, you know, of what I've built, but really it's, you know, we all did it together. Like yeah. I could have never grown or be focusing on the things that I'm focusing on now if it wasn't for them. And I think anyone who owns a business knows like hiring good help is hands down the hardest part. Um, and I hear a lot of this from business owners that we help, that that's what they're struggling with. And, you know, I've had a few duds along the way yeah. too, but when I find somebody great, I make sure that they're 
and I keep them. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's often overlooked, and that's uh, I, I like what you said. You know, the customer is the boss, and they're actually Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, said that. You know, his quote was that there is uh, there's only one boss, and it's the customer, and they can fire anybody because if they yeah. spend their money elsewhere, then there's no business. Right. So it's so true, and and often overlooked at the the you know the value that each customer brings to you um and some people may overlook that and and say you know get frustrated with the customer but you know that it is true that they're always right uh obviously it, they might not literally be right but you're going to tell them that they're right, right or whatever you can do to appease them um and you know the team you know you're only as strong as your team is so for you to value your team members and view it as we've done this and not uh, you know look at what I've done that's important mindset and that's just from within you know what you've chosen to to understand and and to put out there so that's important so that's compliment to you on that for sure thanks yeah i mean i love them they're all it's nice too to be you know have people there are some people who've worked for me since we were in that little space i described before and wow. now you know we have we're in 15 states and they're just like i can't believe that this happened but it's like you have no idea like if you weren't you know representing our brand well in the studio there'd be no way that I would have been able to you know focus on growing it the way that we have so it's awesome I definitely you know I don't even care where they come from like we have like doctors that have worked for us we have teachers that have worked for us and things like that but I don't really even look at a resume it's more about how they make me feel in a conversation and I mean, that's half the battle. Even if someone's not happy with their tan, they always rave about how nice they are and how well they were treated and how they felt comfortable. So, you know, I just try to get good-hearted people, and it ends up working out. Yeah, definitely. A couple of things I want to touch on. First, like you said, like no resume, just kind of the feel that you get. So if you're interviewing or, or talking to someone and you have a weird feeling or it's not very welcoming or whatnot, then, you know, probably your clients are going to have the same feeling. So that might not work regardless of the resume. You know, I don't care if they create the first spray tan in the world, but whatever that is. Um, and also I, I meant to touch on that. It was interesting that you said the way that you've kind of, um, not really dumbed down, but made it really simple for the spray tanning process, because I think oftentimes people can overcomplicate it. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it really, like I tell people it, once you get it down, it's relatively simple. I mean, I don't do it on a daily basis, but I can do it, you know, just because I've done it a number of times. Right. So it's not like, you know, it's not like it's rocket science, but simplifying that so you can do that at scale and train anybody. Again, it just goes back to the whole process and systems thing. If you want to grow, that's what you need to do. So exactly. that's that's great. And, you know, the contouring stuff, like you said, definitely takes a different skill set and different level. I just interviewed uh, Katie Quinn, and she talked about that. I've interviewed some other people that are really into that. Um, and it's just, you know, interesting for sure, but it's more difficult to, to train that, you know, that, that takes time and, and just working and doing it to actually understand it. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. And that would be harder to duplicate, but I mean, I think with us, we have studios in towns where, you know, we're not in LA, we're not in New York. We have, you know, your basic, like, which I'm this too. So I feel like I can say this without offending anybody, like (laughs) grab your Starbucks and, go to your yoga class and <laughs> pick up an outfit at Nordstrom and then like get your spray tan. Yeah. So I like what it is. So a lot of them, you know, they'll make jokes about getting abs and stuff like that. But in reality, we don't, you know, specialize in, you know, models or um, celebrities or the fitness competitors or anything. So I feel like we haven't really seen much of a need for the contouring, but mm-hmm. in the future, if we 
did go into that, then it would definitely have to be a lot more of a lengthy training process. Sure. Um, but yeah, I totally respect those people who do that. I saw Katie uh, give a demo in at ASCP in Vegas last year, and it, yeah, it's really really cool to watch, and she's really good at it, and yeah. she's humble too. I think she, I, I really liked her attitude. Oh yeah, she's awesome. She was amazing to, to talk to and we've kept in touch for sure. And she, I met, I, I saw somebody do her, that went through her training, kind of do the process. And I was like, oh wow, it's pretty, you know, it was definitely involved. And I was, I was getting lost myself. So I could see where it's, it's definitely, it would take time to learn and, and or teach and learn. So for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, well, on to some more technical spray tan related stuff. Uh, I like to ask people the type of equipment and solution that they use. Obviously, being blush tan, I'm sure that you use your own products, but you're welcome to share the equipment and solution that you do use. Yeah, so, of course, we do use blush tan. Uh, I think, you know, it's important to know, or I like to say that, you know, it's not just another solution that we slapped our label on. We did work with a lab in a local lab to create our solutions and they are unique. They're not something else, you know, with the blush tan sticker. So, um, that's really, was really important to me. I have extremely sensitive skin, extremely dry skin. I have eczema and, you know, spray tanning with other products would always flare up my eczema, which is not super cute to look at. And I have it on my legs. So it's like, uh, every summer it's like, I just want to wear shorts and, (laughs) No, I'd be embarrassed. So um, we try to add some. I know I'm not the only one who has dry skin or, you know, any skin issues on top of that. So I just wanted to create something that really helped to minimize that. So it does have like caffeine in it, which is an anti-inflammatory and a few other awesome ingredients that maybe, you know, aren't needed to create an amazing spray tan, but they help, um, you know, with skincare in general. So that was my goal. Um, and then as far as equipment, we don't, we're not super loyal when it comes to what equipment we're using. Um, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I haven't like, I, I tried a lot of things, but I just go back to the mini mist by Apollo (laughs) every time. I mean, it works. And those heavy, beautiful, metal guns are awesome looking and we have them like for photo shoots and stuff like that. But to be honest, like we don't, we just use the gun that comes with the mini mist in our studios. The girl's arms like literally fall off. I mean, we're at the point where we're every 20 minutes throughout the day. Like there are days that we have over 150 tans. So there's no, I can, it's like lift. They might as well just be at the gym lifting weights (laughs) and do that, you know, but we do use the Fuji. um, I think it's Fuji, the salon tan, like the quiet machine. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have those in some of our, our studios closer to where the reception area is just so that it's not super noisy. But, you know, I found that the mini mist actually lasts longer, which I know is super strange. But, yeah, I, I have a maxi mist as well, um, actually, in my basement at home. And that's what my husband tans me with sometimes <laughs> if I if can't make it out to the studio or I'm too lazy to go. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I like them all. I think there's pros and cons to all of them. But... Uh, I like with the Fuji that the quieter one that you, it just has an on and off button. Um, there's not a lot of different ways to adjust it, which again goes back to the whole simplifying thing. Yeah. We had the, the mighty mist by Apollo and it has a dial on it as well. And, you know, it was creating more variables in the, the results than I wanted. Um, 
there's already enough involved with how people are preparing and stuff. So I didn't, I, you know, if someone comes in, they get a spray tan from one person. It needs to be the same if they go to another person or in a different spray room. Yeah. And if one has a mini mist and one has, you know, a mighty mist and it's turned at a, at a different level, then it could create a variable in how that looks. So yeah. I just, the on off switch is good. Yeah, it is. It is. I've always, uh, from the time when I was at Sholi, we obviously sold the Apollo Maximus, but Apollo's always kind of been my favorite. The mini mist was the one I were told everybody to get and like you said i know a ton of people that just use the plastic gun that comes with it like you said it's, it's a lot lighter and it's you know in the end it's a little bit different obviously that the amount of volume that it produces versus the stainless steel gun but once you perfect it and use it you don't need anything right it's not like upgrading to a more expensive gun is going to change your results or grow your business <laughs> right so, I mean, yeah. yeah it's easy to get sucked into that and i definitely did for a little while a few of those uh, in my garage, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. if anyone wants one, no, but I, um, <laughs> I like them for, for photo shoots and stuff. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. Do, they do I mean, better. it changes it a little. I feel like the, the mist is finer. You know, you can always find something that sure. is different, but it, I think it doesn't necessarily mean that it's better. Nope. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. It's definitely a finer mist. Uh, the, the plastic one is more of free flow, but once, like you said, once you get it and create train your people how to use that correctly it's like what's the point and uh like yeah. you said everybody kind of goes through that time where they question this and that and try different products or equipment but i try to i try to deter people from doing that have them focus on things that will actually move the needle in their business uh yeah. versus you know a new a new gun's not going to change the amount of clients coming in your door so um Definitely. So f when you started out back in 2010, did you go through any training or certification? Or I, I mean, I don't know really know what was available back then, but I'm yeah, sure it was back something. Yeah, <laughs> back in the old days. Back in the old days, yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. So I trained with Aviva Labs, and we, um, I'm obsessed with Aviva Labs. I don't have enough, you know, I could talk nice about them all day. Yeah. Um, I live in outside of Boston, and they are right outside of Boston. Yep, so I'm that. super lucky that I was able to create a relationship with them. Um, Brian from Aviva, he is the one that sold me my first package and, um, he is the one that taught my training class and I went to that training class over and over. I used to bring all my girls to it and I would go with them. Um, and I actually ended up finally one year they asked if I would teach them. So for a couple of years I taught the classes for Aviva and we use the Aviva product. So there, that's actually the lab where our product is made. Mitch, the owner um, I've worked with him to create our product and it's really nice because I can go visit and, you know, I really trust them and I loved their product as well. But obviously in order to grow my brand, I needed to kind of have a way to differentiate myself and they've always been so, so supportive. Um, so yeah, if I am having questions about anything, I reach out to them. I get our equipment from them as well and they have awesome um, you know, if it's broken, then I can send it back in and they'll refurbish it for us, which is really nice. Yeah, definitely. I remember, obviously, I started surely back in 2010 or 11. So I remember Aviva was one of the main, obviously Norvell, Aviva. There was only a few back then, South Seas. Now there's a ton of different people yeah. and products, but, uh, they're definitely one of the ones that were, that everybody spoke highly of. So that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. So, uh, Christina, before I ask the last question, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your uh, day to, to share everything that you shared with us, your experience and uh, your knowledge that you've gained over the last seven years. It's not, you know, overlooked that that's a lot of, you know, hard times and things that you went through. And hopefully the information that you share, people take that to heart and can help them to kind of 
get over those those humps or avoid them in the first place. So thanks for taking time out of your day to share that with us. Um, and, and the last question I'd like to ask is if you could write a letter to yourself uh, back in 2010 when you were just starting out, what would you say to yourself? Um, I trust your gut. That's something I always say. And don't try to do it all. So I think I think I was, you know, trying to do a lot instead of delegating to other people. And it was very easy for me to just do everything on my own. Um, if you want something done, you've got to do it yourself was kind of like my motto, which I was proud of back then. But now I know my mentality needs to be different if I want to grow. Um, slow down, too. I think, you know, I'll get – I'm very – my mind is creative. It is not – analytical and I have definitely come a long way um, props to my husband uh, <laughs> to have more of a strategy behind things that we're doing so you know in the beginning I wish I had listened to him a little bit more because I would get an idea and I'd be like all right we're implementing this today this is going to be awesome you know but I definitely should have slowed down a little bit made sure there was a a you know meetable uh, measurable goal um, versus just the fact that I thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, stop. I think too, I said yes to a lot of people that maybe I shouldn't have. And maybe there's a lot of time wasted in the beginning. So if it doesn't feel right, even though it's awkward, don't feel bad saying no to things. Yeah. And the one I always joke about is don't choose a white aesthetic. because <laughs> I are like, we wanted it to be very spa like and everything. And I love it. And I'm stuck to it. Um, but God, there is a reason why spray tanning salons are black. black. Yeah, all that product. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh my gosh, the cleaning is never ending. Yeah. I would say we'd be on that like dirty job show, but <laughs> more of a mess that are in the rooms, the more money we're bringing in. So it's yeah. good. Yeah, Those are, that's great information. Obviously, trust your gut. Uh, you know, kind of slow down, uh, delegate things if you're really wanting to scale your business or, or grow your business. Definitely start delegating as soon as you can. And somebody put it good, anything that you do more than once, delegate that. Anything that you do, you know, that's going to be done multiple times, if you have to do it more than once, train somebody to do it. Create a video, whatever it is, depending on what it is. Uh, put it in the documentation and let them know what to do. Um, and definitely what you said, you know, saying yes to everything, it's hard not to. I still do that myself. Uh, reading a book right now by... Uh, Tim Ferriss is called Tribe of Mentors, and he basically asked a number of questions to some of the, you know, famous people in the world and everything. And the one thing he asked people was like, you know, how have you come, become better at saying no to things? Because, you know, time is the most valuable asset in the world, so you can't get that back. So be careful about what you say yes to, uh, for sure. Definitely. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I'm bad at that because I do not want to make anyone feel bad so yeah that was a hard one for me to overcome but have one of those um pyramid scheme people call me yesterday and try to set a meeting and <laughs> i said no and the girls in the office clapped for me because i um was not always as good as saying no to yeah. that stuff yeah. i have the meeting knowing it would you know just be a waste of time and i'm kind of i'm done doing that yeah i got tricked into one of those before i won't lie so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Well, Christina, thank you so much for taking time out of your day again. If somebody has questions for you or about Blush Tan or are interested in, you know, connecting with you about that, the concept studios and all the things you have to offer, what is the best way for them to contact you? Um, shoot me an email. I think that's easiest. It's Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, at blushtan.com. 
And um, if you guys want to give me a call or shoot me a text, I give my cell to everybody. So here it is now on the World Wide Web. It's 207-504-7811. I don't mind if you text me. I'm always on my phone and I'm running around like a crazy person. Um, I'm a mom too, so I might be at karate practice, something like that. But if you have a spray tanning emergency... It's cool if you want to text me and I can help you out with it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks. That's a first. First person to give out their number on here. I will say. <laughs> so I'll put the uh, the information in the show notes with the best way to contact you. I don't have to put your phone number in the show notes if you don't want to, but we'll definitely put the email address, a link to your website, um, and everything. That's that's great. Of Obviously, people want to reach out. That's awesome for you to share yeah, that, too. The end to get the cell. I think. Yeah, they have to listen to the end. Yeah, I'll put that in the notes. Listen to the end for a secret. Yeah, very good, Christina. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the the podcast, sharing your information. It's been truly a, a great time meeting you and chatting with you. And I, uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you in the future. Thank you so much, Grant. This was fun. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.